Hey, The Last Coffee House, and we're talking about Game of Thrones again. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who have no interest whatsoever in this. I think it just really illustrates something more fundamental about the way that we tell stories and what people are interested in and where the concern should lie. So... This is the penultimate episode, it's season 8 episode, I thought there were 6 episodes, I don't even know where to begin. There is so much that's horribly wrong about the longitudinal aspects of the storytelling, the storytelling in general, the way the characters act, the way that it's written, and there are so many markers of bad action movie storytelling. I wish I could just go through, like, line by line, just scene by scene, and explain everything that's wrong, but I can't even remember everything that happened for purposes of this extemporaneous discussion <laughs> into a microphone so the big issues the characters aren't their characters anymore so the biggest issue i'm gonna have is with daenerys and the way that she was done because we'll get into that but the characters aren't the characters the characters are generic representations of characters in those roles so if they acted in such a way that distinguished them from whatever the plot demanded of them and it was by virtue of whatever internal motivation they had that would make sense but really they're acting in a generic way to serve the way the plot is structured and whatever's going to be happening in the plot. So Tyrion, rather than being really smart and outmaneuvering people, same with Varys, rather than being really smart and outmaneuvering people, which are things they've had to develop and demonstrated over the course of many seasons now, they are simply serving a plot. They're simply doing a thing to make another thing happen because the showrunners aren't able to keep that many things in their brain at once. So, <laughs> so that makes Tyrion not very bright and virtually does not, I mean, what does he do? He, he lets Jaime out. I hate that they over explain it as well it's just Tyrion let's freeze Jamie and wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't like a super clever way he got about or anything like that it was just like hey guys go take a nap it's fine I outranked the person who told you to do this so therefore <laughs> just a stupid again it's like oh we need this thing to happen so we'll just have it happen whatever way we feel like but so he goes and lets jamie out this could be uh, a character doing a thing that's internally motivated because he's like oh my it's my brother and i have to free him and i want him to do things that are helpful but they have to have him explain it explicitly you're the only one you know who stood up for me or whatever else when i was growing up so therefore and then let us cry and and part ways obviously there's the whole mirrored thing of jamie having let him out out versus him letting Jamie out but when he let Tyrion out there were real costs and it made sense and it was one of those things that had the beautiful that beautiful balance that's in Game of Thrones where characters do horrible unexpected things but you still want to like them anyway but in this it's just okay well we need to get Jamie going so uh, we're just gonna have him do this we're gonna over explain it and he's not gonna do it by being Tyrion by doing a Tyrion thing he's just gonna do a generic thing that we need him to do so that we can get Jamie in another place and I don't I I don't think it's even rushing anymore. I don't even think it's just rushing through whatever they need to do. I think everything that they're doing when it comes to storytelling and character is completely subservient to whatever visuals they're trying to make. And so they can get to plot points they already said along the, along the way. So that's not the most egregious thing, obviously, but so... Now, again, even structure-wise, it's like, okay, in the last episode, they rolled in there with two dragons and their fleet to go attack the place. One dragon gets shot down, Daenerys has to flee with her other dragon, and they get wiped out, and uh, the stupidness of the one person who survives and becomes a, a target of Cersei being... <laughs> 
<laughs> Miss Sandy is like, oh, well, that was lucky, wasn't it? It's the stupid, oh, they have my daughter thing in every dumb action movie. But anyway, so they just left. They go talk a little bit, and then they come back. And it's just John talking to Daenerys about, she's like, no, again, I'm gonna reiterate, I don't want you to tell people of your real... <laughs> your real lineage and John's like okay I won't tell people uh, obviously he goes and tells people but the boy this is the same thing same conversation bedroom conversation that they had before where she's like being a whiny schoolgirl. just uh she's got the letterman jacket on she's like no please don't do that oh my gosh it'll make me so unhappy sad face and he's like I have my vows you're the <laughs> You're my queen, da da da. And they go through the same conversation again, and then again, it's- there's no concept of subtext. There's just, let's say exactly what's going on in the background of the scene where she's like, Oh, I guess it's gonna be fear then. Oh my god, how is the writing so bad? I can't understand how it's so bad. I don't know if they literally don't understand how writing works, or- Or what the hell is happening? Like, now that they're off book, they just- they don't understand the mechanics of doing something. I don't know what their history is, or- or what else they've done or anything like that. But it's these simple mechanics of characters explicitly just stating the subtext of a scene. Like that makes such a boring freaking dialogue scene where they just explicitly state this is what's going on in the background. Oh, this is explicitly expositorily what I'm going to do. This is what my character's doing right now. Let me just state that. Oh, it's infuriating. So anyway, not only that, but uh, I mean, anybody who's listened to previous episodes knows certainly that I have tremendous issues with anything related related to social justice nonsense and all that nonsense. Yeah, you definitely know that, but in this, absolutely, all of the women characters are completely relegated. I'm the only one, arguably, that has any kind of a significance as Arya, but that's just because she got to do the death blow. <laughs> Other than that, she's still relegated. She's still pushed in the background. And what I mean by that is like when Daenerys is having the conversation with Jon, instead of her being the alpha and being the one who's establishing this is what's going to happen and there being a conflict or something like that, she's just whining to Jon. <laughs> and everything that Jon does is to demonstrate that he's the superior actor in this relationship. And this is, this is something that you find in terrible action movies. This is the kind of relationship and how it's expressed. But terrible action action movies don't have a history that goes back seven years of filmmaking, you know, of TV show running and books and all this other stuff that they have this whole history that's built in that they should be acting on, that they that should motivate what they're doing. Daenerys should be motivated by all those things that came before, by the fact that she has this Thanos-like manifest destiny that she's been driving at, that she's suffered for, that she's been fighting for, for damn near her whole life. You know, ever since she found out, she's been fighting for this thing, and this should be much more important and much more motivating than anything that has to do with Jon Snow. Who gives a- oh my god, why the hell should she care what he thinks and his love, quote-unquote, whatever the hell? This is two episodes in a row where they had her trying to get with Jon Snow and him being like, no, we can't do that because- it, I know it's in this episode, but I can't remember the particular- I know the particular circumstances of the previous episode where him establishing himself as the alpha and her being like, no, please do this for me and let me cry and all that stuff. I can't remember if she actually tries to bang him. <laughs> 
<laughs> in that one. But in this one, absolutely, she's like, oh, we're kissing. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm stoic and not going to do that because I'm demonstrating my authority in this relationship. Oh my God, uh, that has nothing to do with the character. Everything about like Jon Snow and where he's been and where he comes from and all that stuff, it made perfect sense for him to die, you know, at the end of season six in the way that he did. The whole point of the Starks is they're too weak. I was hoping that would spark something in, in Sansa, I always call it Salsa as a joke, but I'll call her Sansa for now. In Sansa and Arya, that would spark something that they're like, okay, we can't be weak anymore. You know, we've lost too many people. We can't be weak and they're the ones who ascend to what they need to be. Okay, great. That would be wonderful. But it didn't happen. Now we had to reinvigorate Jon Snow and make him this alpha now. He's already a messianic figure because he's he's reluctant to, I don't want to take the throne, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he was resurrected for one so he's already the messianic figure he's supposed to be the savior and all this other stuff he's the, the true has a the right to the throne and, and all that nonsense so they're just setting him up as this generic protagonist now and they put him in this situation with Daenerys where they now they have to show that he's the authority and he's the alpha in the relationship which is so uninteresting it's just men writing a terrible action movie <laughs> just demonstrating the virility of the man and like when they started with the last episode they had everybody all the women were crying at the funeral and it, of course it had only the main characters who were mourning the deaths of people because that's the way that these people think that bad writers think that they can only have the main characters because they don't have a concept of any world beyond them and then now in this thing between John and Daenerys now Daenerys is like I need you to not tell anybody and, and you told and this is so bad now and now I'm gonna have to rule by fear and so it's a reactive thing it's uh. so now instead of her being the alpha and the authority and the one pushing to try to accomplish things she's been trying to accomplish now she's been relegated she's just reacting and even the showrunners I just read an article with them where they interview and they talked about how how Daenerys wouldn't have done what she did at King's Landing and the Red Keep and all that she wouldn't have done that but for the tipping point of these things happening of Tyrion going behind her back and John going behind her back and him not <laughs> they literally said a big part of it was him not banging her at that point he didn't express his love at that moment how unbelievably fundamentally weak does that make her like her worldview what she's going to do the things she wants to accomplish is dependent upon what they do now what whether she's <laughs> feeling alone or not relative to these characters these two men who are, who should be ornaments relative to everything she's trying to accomplish are you kidding me <sighs> not only that but the whole stupid thing of Miss Sandy dying and her being the only one up there and she happened to be recovered from the shipwreck and used I don't even know why Cersei I can't remember if there'd be reason to know but I don't know why Cersei knew that Miss Sandy would have some kind of special significance relative to Daenerys uh, I have no idea why so then it becomes oh you killed my brother <laughs> you killed my daughter you killed my wife you killed my father it just becomes that that's the reason that I have to kill you now no it has nothing to do with that it completely nullifies the whole rest of the storytelling arc and ideas and setups and everything else it nullifies all of that because now it's just you killed my friend so now I have to kill you instead of I'm the rightful heir to the throne and I'm taking what's mine <laughs> I just 
Oh, I hate this so much. Not only that, so the setup in the previous episode, she came in with two dragons. One gets wiped out completely. She's about to go and kill Greyjoy, whatever his name is, Euron. And she's like, she has to turn back because she's afraid of losing the other dragon. So it's like, oh my gosh, it's actually dangerous for them because they have those scorpion shooting things. Oh my gosh, so it's really dangerous. So you see King's Landing. King's Landing has those set up all around the perimeter and they have a whole fleet with those on it. But this time, there's no danger. She just rolls on in, wipes out the entire fleet without taking a single shot on the dragon, wipes out all of them, all the scorpion deals on King's Landing without taking a single shot on the dragon, and there's no, it's been flipped completely. It's a completely mirror issue. She didn't need any ground troops, anything else like that. She didn't need an invading force. She needed one dragon to wipe out the whole freaking thing. When just the previous episode, she had to flee because she was so afraid of this dragon being killed. Again, bad storytelling. It's bad storytelling. It's already been flipped. Not only that but they used the exact same <laughs> DSX machina of the right person at the right time coming out of the water after a fleet is destroyed just so they could have the plot work the right way so first is Missandei now it's Euron Greyjoy who pops out when Jamie happens to be walking across <laughs> <laughs> He's sneaking the back way. If he had gone in the front way and gone in with Arya, who decided, for an idiot reason, decided to go in there when a dragon, <laughs> when Daenerys has got a dragon that is apparently invincible now and can wipe out an entire city, now she's gonna head in there to go kill Cersei. All right. <sighs> But uh, her and the Hound make it in there, and Jamie doesn't make it in there by serendipity, so has to go around, and by serendipity, Euron Greyjoy not only survives, but happens to wash up alone <laughs> at the exact time that Jamie is walking across to go find Sir. Shut up! This is such bad storytelling. It's bad action movie storytelling. So they have their little fight, and he mortally wounds Jamie, but Jamie has enough umph to be able to get back to Cersei. It's Cersei. Oh my God, she's a complete nothing for this season. Complete nothing. What does she do? She nods at the mountain to kill Missandei in a, a completely stupid plot point, but otherwise complete nothing. What does she do? She stands up in the Red Keep and says, "Oh, the scorpions will get her." <laughs> oh, and the other guy's like, "No, they didn't." And then she's like, "The fleet will get the dragon. No worries." And it's like, "No, it didn't." And like, "Oh, but the Red Keep will hold out." <laughs> No, it didn't. Oh, it's so stupid. She has nothing to do. She is nothing. No clever tactics. No anything. Just She just stands there, watches it get wiped out, and then runs along to be, again, a fawning, pathetic woman who just has to cry at the end. That's that's what these the women are relegated to at this point. Now, number one, Sansa, she's doing nothing. She's just up a meaningless, you know, artifact who's sitting up there in, in Winterfell. Okay, whatever. Arya gets to call the Night King, but through no... I mean, she just snuck past hundreds of... <laughs> Of these super scary people mystically and got there and got the kill shot. Okay, great. Really has nothing to do with the character except that the showrunners didn't want it to be John to kill the Night King because that was too straightforward. That's that's pretty much the only reason that she got that. So now she goes to King Landing, King's Landing and what does she get? She's supposed to get like a character moment. It's supposed to be like, oh no, look, she's realizing that it's not that important to kill everybody on the list when in reality, it's just so the showrunners can put her in the city so she's running through all the carnage that's going on. That's the whole point. Hound in the mountain, pointless. It was... <laughs> It was hilarious though, when Cersei's like, well, I'm just gonna awkwardly <laughs> walk around the hound. Thanks guys, I'll see 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, so st it's just bad writing and they get themselves into situations where they have to use bad writing to get out of bad writing. So it's just, yeah, their, their deal. Oh my gosh, so the, the whole point, again, storytelling wise, you've got John who's going through and he's trying to stop, of course, because he's the reluctant generic protagonist hero. He's trying to stop everybody and he's like, no, they put their arms down and they surrendered, so we need to stop. And then the Grey Worm, because uh, luckily Miss Andy was just killed or otherwise he would have done the same thing, although it doesn't matter. Again, redundant plot points because it doesn't matter that they decided to kill all the troops there and start wiping people out uh, because she burned the whole freaking thing down. So redundant. It doesn't matter. We don't even need that. They could have just stayed outside and, and let that happen. And they didn't need a character moment of Grey Worm going crazy, even though that's directly based on a stupid plot point because she was going to do it anyway. She did it anyway. It doesn't matter. So the only reason you have him there is so John can witness all the carnage so that he has a conflict with Daenerys later. That's the only reason you have him there. But that's also the reason that you have Arya there. You know, if she's not dead, if she wasn't just, oh, there's a horse and I'm dead and I'm having all these visions or whatever, freaking what's his dude, uh, <laughs> you know, takes her body up. What's the sleepy guy? <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Fiber. Uh, so if, if he if he takes took her over or something to get her out of there, he was the horse or something like that. I don't know. But if she's dead, fine, whatever. But if if she's alive and gets out of there, then the whole point was just for both of them to see the carnage. And again, it's the it's this thing. Uh, there's an idea where remember all these things are false worlds. So people are building all this stuff around a false world, and usually that means that the protagonist is going to be center center of the world, and the main characters are going to be the centers of the world, and everything else is going to turn around them. So great writers know how to play with this and make sure that the world is still alive on the outside and it still has a breathing world beyond whatever the protagonists are doing, including the antagonist has other interests beyond <laughs> beyond the protagonist. And Game of Thrones was able to do this through the first like five seasons. It was able to do this where it had a real breathing world outside of whatever the main characters were doing. But here, this is what I mean. It's like Arya, she, some lady, random lady tries to help her up a little bit and then she's like oh I'm really clingy on this on this random lady all this stuff so we just follow Arya around all over the place and then she runs into that lady again again it's the world being subjugated to whatever the characters the central characters happen to be doing and she drags this lady out <laughs> She's like, no, it's not safe here. We have to go. Drags the lady out, gets the lady killed. And again, it's the point is it's about the protagonist. It's about Arya. It's, it has nothing to do with the, the actual world functioning outside of her. So it's just, it's bad storytelling. Not only that, but if she's alive, then it's just redundant. It's just Jon Snow seeing all the horrible things that are happening inside the city and Arya seeing all the horrible things that are happening inside the city. That's all it is. So, oh my gosh. And then Cersei, like I said, happens, oh, lucky thing, through all of that, runs into Jaime and they run down to try to escape, but oh no, it collapsed, which makes sense under the circumstances, but of course, just for plot purposes, just so they can have them, the showrunners talked about it, they just wanted them to, because they're twins they have to die in each other's arms and we're the only thing that matters and then and of course she's hysterical because she's a woman so let's make her hysterical and crying and have that collapse and they all die again Cersei complete nothing for this season Jamie I mean what what did he do I mean what's what's been accomplished with Jamie he went back he banged what's her name why just because for fan service and then ran back to Cersei and why what does that actually say about his character has he had an art has he been redeemed has anything happened. Did the same thing happen with Cersei? Of course not. It's just we need to end this thing so let's just have it end. So again the worst thing, the absolute worst thing is that it made sense 
for Daenerys to become the Mad Queen. It makes sense for her to do that when you look at the rest of her character. We should have seen that progression. We have seen much of that progression throughout. That she is more and more stepping into that role of I need to be more dictatorial or authoritative or really make sure that my power is concrete and established for the sake of everybody else long term. You know, I have to do this. So it's the kind of Thanos effect of I'm doing a great thing. I'm trying to help my people, but I have to do something absolutely horrendous to get it done. And I, you just have to accept that. And that could have been her arc all the way through, but it's completely nullified by the fact that now we have these proximate causes of, oh, they took Miss Sandy. Uh, oh, Jon Snow rejected me when I tried to bang him. Oh, Tyrion talked behind my back. I feel so alone. She shouldn't be emotionally reacting to the fact that she feels alone. She should be finally stepping into her position, her manifest destiny of being the ruler of Westeros. That's what it should be. And I'm not saying that from like my perspective of this is where the show should go. I'm saying that from the perspective of this is what was set up long term. This is what has been set up. That's why it's so interesting that you like Daenerys so much is that she is a balanced character who has horrible aspects and great aspects. So this is what's set up. But instead, these proximate causes completely ignore her entire character leading up to this and just say, look, it was caused by this. And so that she is subjugated. And again, I don't like talking in these terms of everything's <laughs> discriminatory and all that stuff and seeing that everywhere. But she is completely subjugated by the fact that it was a proximate cause of Jon Snow rejecting her. And that's one of the reasons, if not the main reason, that she decided to go all Mad Queen now. God, it's so annoying. I can't believe how bad this is. I haven't read any of the books, but now I'm going to read the new ones because I want to see if George R. R. Martin sticks to his good storytelling ability and doesn't go down that stupid road. I just saw another article. It was like going back and finding interviews with the characters. Now, once all the things were shot, uh, all the episodes were vaulted. You have like interviews with them where they seem really squeamish and unhappy about <laughs> the way that they turned out. I just, I feel like it's been just posts of fan service with dumbass plot, incredibly straightforward plot points. It's just like, there's no creativity whatsoever in the way that it progresses. It's just, okay, well, let's just have these plot points happen. You know, done. That's it. What would be a good thing that people would like to happen? Jon Snow yelling at a dragon while Arya stabs Night King. Done. Okay. It's over. Ugh. Drives me crazy. So that was a rant. That was absolutely... That was absolutely a rant. And I ranted for like half an hour. So when I cut this down, I'm sure I'm going to take out a lot of this stuff. But, uh... Just know that I ranted angrily for like half an hour. I just can't believe how bad the writing has gotten. I can't believe it. It's shocking to me. And this is this is supposed to be a profession. Like these people are supposed to do this stuff professionally, where they know all this, all these things. They know how the structure works. They know when you're talking about character motivations and how to build on character motivations over an extended period of time. They're showrunners. They're not even film producers, as far as I know. So they should understand that. They should understand how to mess with expectations, subvert expectations expectations, do it in such a way that makes sense to character and, and using character and not just be on this unbelievably superficial reading of where characters need to go and just leave it at that. It, it should not be that. So anyway, that's Game of Thrones. I'm going to rewatch it once the last episode comes out. I'm going to rewatch it from the beginning and see if these storytelling elements are bad throughout. If I'm just like have rose colored glasses thinking about the earlier seasons, because I don't remember this being at all. I remember such great balance when it comes to all the characters all the way through, but we'll see. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>